0: Welcome to Artist Materialist, Episode 8. I'm Dan, a material scientist.
1: And I'm Susanna, an artist and graphic designer.
0: Today we're talking about why restaurants became so loud and how to fight back, which is an article from Vox by Julia Blues.
1: And it's discussing the phenomenon of restaurants that have noise pollution, that have loud decibel levels. Um, And it even talks about restaurant reviewers bringing sound monitor devices in to test how loud restaurants are in addition to reviewing their, uh, their food and their decor and all that other stuff you would think a restaurant reviewer would look at. So apparently this is a huge problem, and it's a recent problem, according to the article, that only began to be a real problem around the 90s. So what drew you to this uh, article, since you were the one who found it initially?
0: I, I enjoy this reporter's reporting. This has also been something that I've been interested in going all the way back to when I first started going to bars and clubs, I could not stand how loud they were. And so I would always bring earplugs to go out just anywhere. And so I've been on the lookout for explanations and... Uh, we can talk about it later that I had my own hypothesis and I've seen previous research on possible explanations for bars and clubs, but this was related to restaurants. And so that was a slightly different take. And so I thought that was interesting.
1: And that was something that, that I was thinking about while reading this too, is that definitely I've had that problem in bars and clubs that I, I just can't even really hang out with the people I'm with because it's so loud um, and that makes sense if it's like a dance club because you want loud music as, because you're supposed to be dancing, not so much talking. But in, in a lot of bars where there's not – people aren't dancing, they're just kind of hanging out, it doesn't make sense for it to be quite so loud. And in a restaurant, it's the same thing because you want to be able to – I mean, unless you're eating alone, you want to be able to talk to the people you're with.
0: Mm-hmm. So just as an overview of, of what this article talks about, the, the format of it is it, it introduces an example of uh, a new newer hotel in a sort of happening part of D.C. where they, the author goes and experiences the noise and then talks about how people don't want to eat in a mausoleum, which is very reasonable, and then goes on to go through different points specifically how expensive it is to change the acoustics. How the industrial aesthetic of restaurants has made things louder, how repurposed buildings are hard to make acoustically reasonable, and, uh, finally, how Americans just might be loud. And then yes. it closes with some possible fixes of which I know they, they neglect to mention earplugs, which is my, my, uh, suggested suggestion, which is, if you can't fix the environment around you, you can just get some earplugs. And then, if you don't mind looking a little strange, it, it works great.
1: Although, I would say also you could just uh, some other ex- ways to fix a loud restaurant. If you want to actually converse with the person with you, in addition to earplugs, you could use sign language or you could oh, just yeah. text to them across the table. <laughs> <laughs> And and I would be interested to know, I'm going to have to ask my friends if, if anybody has ever actually resorted to texting to the person next to them to, in order to hold a conversation because the place that they are is so loud. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised I, if they have.
0: <laughs> I think that that definitely happens, especially if it's both loud and dark. Yes. So, and going back to the the first point, this mausoleum, you know, this, this idea that if you want to have, a, especially if you're not aiming to be a very reserved, hushed uh, restaurant that feels like you're amongst old money or a failing hotel, um, it's reasonable that that you'd, you'd want to have some amount of noise, both so that you feel like you're in a, in a live place and also so there is some separation between the conversations because as much fun as it may be for some people to overhear the conversation of the, the people o- across the room uh, you may not want that.
1: That's true, and I do like the idea. It talks about how um, Mario Batali's restaurant—he started pl- piping the music they were listening to in the back um, into the front of the house so that the mm-hmm. patrons could listen to it. And and it's nice to have music in a restaurant. I think a lot of restaurants have done do that and have done that for a long time. I think it's just the volume. I mean, there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with having you know energetic music. It's just. How loud do you want it to be,
0: right, and that can be part of the experience and play into compare the with the food if you're if you 're paying for a whole restaurant experience, part of that would be the the music selection if it 's actually selected
1: yeah, and I found the last part of that point very telling, where it says that um, you know noisy spaces might increase turnover, and I know that 's something that restaurants really want they want people to come in eat, drink, and leave. They don't want them to hang out a long time because they're only getting, you know, money every time for each group that sits at a table. And if the same group sits there for an hour as opposed to half an hour, then they are only getting one group's worth of money. If more people they can put through there, they're making more. And I, that makes sense. And I could see how, you know, if it's loud, people don't want to spend too much time. If it's noisy, it Says that it, that might encourage people to drink more and faster. That also makes them money.
0: That's that's exactly this old research that I, I had come across in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. That went went around the various science reportings, which was some French researchers found that the louder the music got at a pub, the faster that people drank. And the main reason they did that was be I I was I had always assumed my working hypothesis was that if you made the music loud enough, people would drink faster to dull the pain in their ears. (laughs) But they had a much, probably a better explanation, which was the, the louder it is, the harder it is to have a conversation. And so in that awkward silence, because it hurts too much to speak loud enough, you end up just drinking. And so, yeah, you'd have faster turnover because... If it's too loud to talk, you just eat what's in front of you and then you're done.
1: That makes a lot more sense. I was getting way too uh, detailed with this. And I was thinking, well, maybe the fast music, that might be fast, loud music increases your your heart rate. And (laughs) you want to, it makes you move faster. I don't know, that doesn't, thinking about that now, that might be a tiny bit true, but it makes more sense what you're saying that you just can't use your mouth for anything else other than eating and drinking if it's too loud to talk. And I wanted to ask you now about the second point, um, the acoustics, because this is something Mm -hmm. I know you've probably studied a lot more than I have. um, I've studied it hardly at all.
0: (laughs) I did take one class. It was a a very excellent class, but I, I, I took one class a long time ago and it's a fascinating field. And it's one of these things where everything affects everything else. And it really, the the second point about the acoustics really ties in a lot to the the third and fourth point about the industrial aesthetics and the repurposed buildings, which the industrial aesthetic, I think is a lot of it is from repurposed buildings that were industrial. And so it all goes together and it comes down to, if you think about sort of the hipster vibe of exposed brick, exposed beams, concrete, and, and the, and boxy those are all very reflective surfaces and so the sound is going to bounce around and if you have a box that amplifies certain frequencies more than other frequencies it's it's whatever frequencies match the dimensions of the box so it, it distorts the sound in a way that makes it harder to hear also.
1: That's interesting and this is something I hadn't actually thought about it all. I mean I guess I think of setting up a restaurant like they have in the restaurant makeover shows where you paint things and you put in tables and you and chairs and you get the kitchen running mm-hmm. well. I it wouldn't even occur to me to think about the acoustics. The example in the article about Union Square Cafe in New York City where they had a an actual, you know, acoustic technician, a sound designer come in and evaluate the space and put in um sound absorbing panels and the ceiling and and make the whole place acoustically pleasant that is not something that would have even occurred to me to do but apparently that makes it a much more enjoyable place to eat
0: mm-hmm. and from what the the article talks about how expensive that is and so it makes sense that these makeover shows that that's not something that they would bother to do uh, the especially for television where you wouldn't be able to tell, you know, you bring in the paint, bring in the, the, the shiny appliances, but spending tens of thousands of dollars on some fabricy panels that you're going to put in the ceiling.
1: So the other part of the acoustic thing that I found really interesting was the whole repurposed building aesthetic. And that's something I remember in the nineties when that first started being popular, I really loved it because it was so different, and that's when people started to sort of come back to urban centers and remake old industrial areas into, um, nightlife places, and I just, I loved that. I, at the time, I, was that that, yeah, I guess late 90s, I was in Atlanta, and, um, I really loved going places that had, you know, the exposed brick and the ductwork and it just it just felt new and interesting. And I liked sort of the ecological sense that they were repurposing old buildings. And I liked the um, the cultural aspect of revitalizing uh, the city center. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. But it did not occur to me that that might be why these places were so loud and that it might be hard to um, make these places as good to hang out in. And this would be a good point to bring up now, I think, is that I haven't really had too many problems with loud restaurants that I can recall specifically. Loud clubs and bars, especially loud bars, yes, but restaurants, not so much. And I wonder if that is a regional thing, just because I'm in the Southeastern US and so it's not something I've experienced much, except in New Orleans. I will say it's it's louder <laughs> in New Orleans, but they like to party there.
0: <laughs> I I think it is something that has flowed out from New York and spread from there. It does that that, that does seem to be the case with the rise of the celebrity chef, also because it specifically mentions. A a couple of of particular chefs, and I think it goes with that aesthetic of you have the rock star chef and the rock star music in the restaurant.
1: That makes sense. I saw a really interesting documentary when I was on a plane um, about a famous restaurant in San Francisco in, from the 80s and it looked like you would imagine, you know, a fancy restaurant from San Francisco in the 80s would and it was where all the politicians and celebrities went and it it was very much designed to have that sort of what we would now think of as the quiet, intimate uh, restaurant experience with all the, the linens and everything. And even though this was where the rock stars went, it was not a place, and it was the party central. It was not a place that would seem like it was loud. It had all the table linens and all the fanciness, and it just absolutely tanked and died by the late 80s. It just was completely out hmm. of favor and shut down, even though it was the center of San Francisco nightlife for a while.
0: Yeah, dads. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep, so like you're saying, the the idea of what's considered a rock star restaurant is has changed and maybe that has helped make it louder. I mean it used to be, you know, the Rockstar restaurant was the place where the rock stars could go and, you know, relax in luxury and now it's the place where the restaurant is is like its own rock star. I don't know. Does that make sense?
0: <laughs> yes, yes. The and when you were talking about the the repurposed industrial aesthetic how and how exciting that was and what I've seen now with even with new construction is it's, it's like they've run out of old industrial spaces, so they're making new ones.
1: That's a little bit silly, but I can understand. And I have to wonder, too, how much longer that trend is going to last, because a trend can only be new for so long. And if I thought it was new and exciting back in the late 90s, it's, you know, it's 20 years later now. Come on, <laughs> the economy find something new at this point. I saw that there it was mentioned later down in the article that the – new, really, really fancy stuff. What it says, upscale restaurants have done away. Oh, no, I'm looking at the wrong place in the article where it says that uh, small to mid-sized restaurants, uh, a new generation of fine dining and higher-end places are going back to, um, if not the hushed dining room, one that allows for across-the-table conversation. And so the newer upscale restaurants are going back to the old carpet and tablecloth aesthetic because, you know, nothing is as new as whatever's not currently trendy, right?
0: Right, right. And, and going as far as acoustics, that's the, the way that you make things quieter. And this is exactly why, in, uh, in contrast to the industrial aesthetic, which is as loud as you can get, the way to make things quieter is one, you just put more people in there. On the one hand, they generate noise, but on the other hand, they also absorb sound and you cover everything with fabric and soft surfaces. And you put up meshes and have non-parallel surfaces. Those, so those are all the things that help diffuse sound.
1: Non-parallel and, surfaces. So you're saying like, that's why they, for example, they would have all those angled sound baffles where everything's slanted looking, like like you'll see at some concert halls.
0: Right. Well, I, I guess it doesn't, and that doesn't necessarily make it quieter, but what it does do is it, it evens out all the frequencies so that you get a, a more... You don't you don't have any one frequency that gets really amplified, so everything evens out more. So it has the experience of making it not feel potentially as loud. Okay. So you don't get that that like the sh- that shower thing where if you sing in the shower and there's that one note that sounds really loud.
1: Yes, <laughs> everybody's done that. You sing in the shower and you try. You discover that one particular song you can really wail and it just echoes. <laughs>
0: Yes. So the all the, the angled baffles and concert halls are specifically to make that not happen.
1: Ah, okay. So I have to ask you, since you are so focused on the noise level in restaurants being a problem, have you looked at the um, the app that they mentioned in this article, Soundprint, to see which restaurants in your area are uh, not too loud?
0: I, I haven't bothered. It's not so much an issue with the restaurants that I've ended up going to of late been tending to avoid the, the, the most popular sort of the, the, that sort of buzz happening kind of, of scene has not been where I've ended up. So it hasn't been necessary. Uh, But I, I can imagine that if I was going someplace that where that might be an issue, I would just bring my earplugs and put them in if necessary.
1: Okay. And again, like I said, because I'm in a very small town now, I rarely go to any place that's that loud. I mean, any new restaurant that opens here is going to be packed the first couple of months, and so I generally avoid it. But even packed here, because I'm in a small town, is really probably not anything like you'd find in a big city and really not that noisy. And if we can go on now to the the part that I thought was really interesting was about whether or not Americans are just loud people. And I've heard differing opinions on this because I I know some Americans are very loud. Like I said, when I was in New Orleans, you know, people, restaurants in New Orleans are very loud and maybe just because everybody's there to party. I don't know. Um, But when I go to a restaurant in, say, you know, like in near Napa Valley in California, it's not necessarily so loud. It's a little more laid back and quiet. So it could be regional.
0: I think it's, uh, I think it's also the scene that people are looking for. If you're looking for, if you're, if you're going to bottomless mimosa brunch, you're probably going to find some louder people than if you go to, um, I don't know, a vegan brunch.
1: <laughs> is, is bottomless mimosa brunch a thing? Because I'm going to have to <laughs> find that That sounds like fun, actually. That, that <laughs> is,
0: it's, it is the substitute for religion in D.C. And <laughs> there's a, a recent article that, that was front page Washington Post about brunch con, which is a traveling convention of sorts a, a traveling event that's been going around to different cities that was started by, uh, started two years ago by, um, some, uh, a woman in from Los Angeles who's in her mid twenties and started this sort of traveling event where you pay 60 bucks and you get bottomless mimosas and have some brunch food. So it's a, it's a huge, huge thing. And people, that's, that's people's whole day it'll it'll be their whole Saturday or their whole Sunday. They'll go in and just drink mimosas till four o'clock and wow. and then spend the next day recovering and that's the whole weekend.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say my my normal brunch is, you know, an hour at IHOP, so it's not anywhere in that league. I, I feel like, you know, I have to only have to recover from some blueberry pancakes. But we're getting a little off topic, but that, that's very interesting. The whole brunch scene is something I'm not really a part of. Yeah, so the the loud American – it's, it's a stereotype, but it is, I know, based somewhat in reality. And when I've been abroad, I have seen some loud Americans and tried to avoid them generally. And here's something that I wanted to ask you about because you've been more in northern Europe than I have. And I read in this where they have a list of um, possible reasons why Americans are so loud. And it said that Americans command a broader personal space. They keep a greater distance, so they have to speak more loudly to each other to shout across the distance of their personal space. I don't think that makes sense, because from what I've, I've heard, Norwegians have an even or not just Norwegians, but northern Europeans have an even wider personal space. And that would mean that, you know, Northern Europeans would be even louder than Americans, which they're not typically. So I wanted to hear your opinion on personal space and loudness of talking.
0: Yeah, I, my experience, it, it's been a while. I, I did spend some time in Sweden, not necessarily around a lot of Swedish people. Uh, I was mostly around expats, but, uh, I think there is, with the urbanization of Northern Europe, there's a natural resignation that people have to being closer. Just the kind of thing, you know, if just like in New York, where if you're on the sidewalk or in the subway, you realize that you're going to end up being close to people. And so you have to create personal space in other ways by avoiding eye contact and things like that. But that doesn't have anything to do with with the talking and, and, and restaurants uh, so i it doesn 't necessarily connect for me that that part of it
1: yeah I thought it made more sense when they suggested that Americans were allowed because um, it 's sort of a byproduct of individualism and I thought that kind of made sense it 's the sort of you know, I want to have my opinion heard and I deserve to be heard. And so I'm going to speak loudly. I don't know. Maybe that's the sort of thing.
0: I I wonder <clears throat> if it could be a, if, we're, if we're looking for sort of just so stories about why Americans might be allowed. If you think to how recently the United States has urbanized, it makes sense that farmers have more opportunity to speak loudly across long distances.
1: I found that it tends to be maybe in, in urban more than rural places where people are loud. And maybe it's because there's so much noise in urban areas that people have to be louder to be heard over all of the traffic noise and industrial noise. I don't know. Maybe that's it. And that is, I think one reason that loud restaurants are so loud, it's not like there's, it doesn't seem like there's any middle ground from what they're talking about, the decibel levels here in this article, it, restaurants either sort of quiet or loud. And when you have a loud music, you have to speak loudly to speak over it. And then everyone else has to be even louder to be heard over the loud people and the loud music. And it just yes. builds
0: on itself. Well, there's, there's one thing that we haven't talked about in all of this that I, I think matches up very nicely with the nineties, which is the nineties is when you had portable CD players and going into the two thousands, you have MP3 players and then everybody goes around with their music all the time. And, or even the the, the nineties, I guess that's, you know, the Walkman had been around for a while. And it's just, that has been a really big change in how people relate to music. Is just the the idea that if especially if you're walking around the city and going on the subways and going places that you will just constantly be listening to music.
1: That's a really good point, and something I hadn't thought of is that we kind of expect to have sound all the time now, Um, and that's not something really. I mean, before the mid '80s, that you experienced much. I mean, they had transistor radios, but we have less silence these days. You have your earbuds in, you know, what, whatever you're doing. You have the TV on. You have, you know, your videos on. You always have some noise going on. People aren't used to silence.
0: I worry about the the how well the United States and the world will be able to hear in the coming decades. I
1: do, too. I mean, I'm always having to remind my kids, turn down that whatever that's on here, turn down the videos, turn down the sound, you know, make sure that your headphones aren't up too loud. And I try to be careful with that myself. They even make kids headphones that purposefully damp sound, although we stopped using those because they complain that it makes everything muffled. Yeah, we're and, all going to be a, a nation of, a gener- Generation Z is going to all have hearing aids by the time they're 50.
0: Yeah. Well, I I think that's, I don't know if you have anything else.
1: Nope. I think this was a very interesting discussion on loud restaurants, something that you wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought thought about much at all, but it it's an interesting cultural touch point. Well, thank you for listening. And you can find this, podcast at anchor.fm slash artist materialist and also wherever you get your podcasts.